BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now, are you effing kidding me with JoJo from Juries? Hey, it's me, JoJo from Juries and Shocker. I have something to say. I want to talk about how MAGA and their melon-hued messiah continuously say that every single trial Donald Trump is facing has been politically motivated and is election interference. Because that's bullshit. Here are the facts. Fact. Cyrus Vance, New York DA at the time, began issuing subpoenas in the hush money payment case in August of 2019. Fact. Fonnie Willis launched her investigation into Trump in 2021. Fact. The United States House Select Committee on the January 6th attack opened their investigation in July of 2021. Fact. Letitia James opened her New York City business fraud investigation into Trump in 2019. Fact. The National Archives first asked Donald Trump to return the classified documents he took in May of 2021. He only returned some. Not all. So in March of 2022, the FBI opened an investigation. That August, they searched Mar-a-Lago. Donald Trump announced his candidacy on November 15th, 2022. So fact. All four investigations into Trump were undertaken before he ever announced he was running again. Fact. He's not being indicted in the middle of his campaign. He is campaigning in the middle of his indictments. As an aside, during his Fox Town Hall, because that's what you give to a twice-impeached coup plotter when they refuse to participate in the debates... Trump bragged about making at least $8 million in foreign money while president during that town hall. He admitted that it came from his properties, but he also added that he had to do services for these foreign governments to make that money. What are services? What could that be? That sounds kind of fishy, doesn't it? And for the record, the day before he said that, he said he could commit crimes while president and get away with them unless he was impeached and convicted on that impeachment by the Senate. So if he doesn't have that, he's immune from prosecution. So let's just say that he knows that he committed crimes while in the White House in terms of, let's say, accepting foreign money from for official U.S. policy, because he knew if he wasn't impeached and convicted, he wouldn't be held accountable. So if he were to ever be returned to the White House, I think we could pretty much guess that he would just commit crimes again, right? Because he would know that those Republicans were never going to convict him of impeachment. So he could do whatever he wants. He could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue <laughs> and get away with it. This is where we are now. He cannot be allowed to get anywhere near the White House ever again. If he does, he'll never leave. God knows what kind of crimes he'll commit. 
I don't even want to think about it. We have to think about it. I don't want to think about it. My guest on this episode is Tristan Snell. Tristan is a lawyer and legal commentator featured on MSNBC and NPR and in the Washington Post and Wall Street Journal. He served as Assistant Attorney General for New York State, where he led the investigation and prosecution of Trump University. He also has a new book coming out at the end of this month called Taking Down Trump, 12 Rules for Prosecuting Donald Trump by Someone Who Did It Successfully. I always really enjoy talking to Tristan. He just knows what he's talking about, and he does it in such an engaging, interesting, entertaining, and downright lighthearted way for such serious subjects as these. We need voices like his so much right now and moving forward in order to protect this democracy. Tristan and I talked about Donald Trump, whether or not he's immune from being prosecuted for murder. We also talked about the Supreme Court, um, and we talked just about the unprecedented times in which we live. It's another great conversation. I really hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast, Tristan Snell. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you as one of my phone friends when it comes to <laughs> all things like legal, but particularly as it pertains to Donald Trump's myriad of legal entanglements. So uh, let's just jump into it because it, there's a lot. Okay. So let's just start off right off the bat. Is Donald Trump immune from being charged with murder? Let's talk about that. <laughs> you know, you'd think that this would be an easier question to answer and it no. require so much. No, it is an easy question. The thing is that the problem here is that, look, the short answer is no, he's not. Right. But the problem here is that, that Tr Trump, unfortunately, has mastered the art of using America's due process system against itself. He is able to come up with a plausible enough, even if it's total crap, legal argument that then the system has to take seriously. So even though his position is garbage, it now requires all of these very accomplished judges to sit and like consider it and do and go through the briefs and go through the oral argument. That whole process, that, that whole machinery for deciding cases now has to take place on something that is not exactly a, a, a hard thing to decide. You know, does he actually have, because it's not just saying, oh, he has immunity while he's in office, which unfortunately, in my view, DOJ believes is the case that they don't want to indict a sitting president, but that he could commit a murder while in office and then be immune for it even after he leaves office unless the Trump people say he's impeached and convicted by the by Congress. That's their that is their position after they got trapped into taking that position during a oral argument. Uh good God. I just, you know, I, I really hope that the Supreme Court is not prepared to just, you know, shoot the American Republic in the head uh in a couple of weeks because that that's what this really comes down to. It's is there still the thing on the front of the Supreme Court says equal justice under the law equal justice under law. It's like, do we have that anymore or do we not? Have we turned presidents and possibly other people into into Ubermenschen that can actually just get a, literally get away with murder? And it gets have that I don't know. Yeah, 
I don't know that we're going to have a country if we're uh, in any kind of functioning society if we have that problem. I mean, how can we? I mean, he's he's arguing that he was immune from any crimes he committed while in office for in perpetuity, forever, right? So, and then he's pursuing that same office, <laughs> which right. conceivably, if his his opinion, let's just say it's not his opinion, if his legal team's opinion, and I'll just put that in air right. quotes, if it holds water, that if he was returned to that office, that he's under the impression while in that office that he can do whatever he wants, and that unless the Senate convicts him of an impeachment, which let's look at the Senate that we're looking at right now, let's say Correct. they be the same, we know that it won't happen, so he can do whatever he wants while in office, break any law, can shoot someone in the face in Fifth Avenue, and there will be no accountability, he would be immune from any prosecution whatsoever. That's right. Basically, the 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 new the new law, the Trump doctrine. He right. like, put this in a tweet the other day. The Trump doctrine is effectively as long as uh, as long as there aren't sixty seven members of the Senate to stop me, I can do whatever I want. That's basically saying you're a Roman emperor at that point. Like at that point, the republic is over. Yeah, like, that's pretty much it. It's over. Right. You know, the, the moment at which Rome, Rome turned from a republic into an empire was the point at which it was the point at which the, the consul, because it was an elected position, started basically acting as an emperor and the Senate became merely advisory. That's mm-hmm. what happened. Mm-hmm. That's effectively. And the Senate did have power to reign in an emperor, but it was really not, you know, it wasn't something that happened hardly ever. Uh, but there were some formal, there was still law there. But it was the but it, but the emperor basically like beat out all of that law. That's where we would go. So he would, we would basically be done. All right, so he, would be, he, would be he would be akin to the fall of the Roman Empire. But just also about would be. think about how corrupt, how corrupting that much power in the hands of that few people could would be. It not could be right would be because we've already seen how even tangential connections to presidential power has corrupted people like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and Lindsey right. Graham who once stood up against this person, but once he was sort of in power, then they were like, oh, okay, let's coalesce around this. We just want proximity to it. And 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 mm-hmm. done unthinkable things since then, really. Yeah, I mean, we already have enough of an empire creep problem with the presidency anyway. It's mm-hmm. been happening for a long time. Uh, we got lucky in that we, you know, Put it this way, though, like we were still very worried about this problem when George W. Bush was president. Mm-hmm. And and it's gotten so much worse that now we look back on W. almost fondly. It's like, oh, well, it wasn't that bad. And it's like, we got to remember he was he was terrible. terrible. But yet but yet but yet Trump is so much worse. Yeah, it's we are we are we are very much we're not just playing with fire anymore. We're playing with like nuclear arms here. Like this is basically we're we're on the. We are going to be at a number of these points where we're on the razor's edge over the next, like, mm-hmm. it's not just this year. It's definitely this year, but I think it's going to be for the next five to 10 years. We are going to reach a number of these points where we are on the razor's edge, where we're just this, like, teensy tiny peak of a mountain where we could tip over either direction. We're just going to have to work our way through where we are, we are basically one false step and it's over. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free 
or go to amazon.com slash ad free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And it's systemic throughout the party, like you said. Like it's not it doesn't end. In, it doesn't end in, in the end of 2024. It's not over with Donald no. Trump because what they're doing in the states is. Uh, really undermining in democracy, in particular as it relates to gerrymandering and the Supreme Courts that they have that are very, yes. very biased and trying to, again, tip the scales in the favor of the Republican Party, despite, you know, the the electorate not reflecting their their elections. Um, but uh, we also have just this total sidebar. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but just picking up on what you said, we also have a Supreme Court in this country that is unlike most Supreme Courts around the world, where these are n- not elected in their lifetime. At the lifetime. Right. Which is, which is yeah. crucially, and they have no real oversight. None. There's no real right. mechanism in place. They certainly are policing themselves, even though they have some like ridiculous sort of guidelines now that's all bullshit. But Congress is right. supposed to be the check on them, right? They're supposed to be, that's the mechanism. And then you've got Clarence Thomas just sort of like, just, just putting it in our faces that he's completely corrupt and he's very likely not recusing himself from a case. Correct. His, even though he should. Right. His wife is directly implicated in because she played a role in planning the January 6th insurrection. And and Clarence Thomas is not going to recuse himself from that case. And there's nobody who can hold them to account. Nobody. They won't anyway. But they won't yeah. recuse. So there's another problem. Ginny, Ginny Thomas is at the very least a material witness if she is not actually a co-conspirator. Even if she're just a, even if she're just a material witness, he should be recusing himself, and and any any almost any other judge probably would in that situation because it's just you know, it's like it's like your wife actually had anything to do with any of the conspirators, even if it was innocent. Like even just as a somebody who has facts or knowledge regarding the crimes at issue or the alleged crimes at issue, you would recuse yourself. So that it, it, it's it's just insane. The Senate should be doing more yeah the house obviously isn't going to right now but like the senate should be doing more they're finally starting to but i gotta be honest i think they've been unfortunately way too slow i think they have been way too hesitant and way too slow and uh, they're not they're not acting with the kind of sense of urgency that i think that they ought to be acting with here because you've got these people in there that are engaging in brazen corruption uh, that just shouldn't be happening. You should not be able to buy Supreme Court justices. No, uh, they shouldn't just be able to take all of these gifts and vacations without being, uh, without it being disclosed. And and the reason they didn't disclose them is because they were beyond the pale. Right. And the fact that this is just happening over and over again. And by the way, no one has been talking about the, uh, you know, another way that they've been cozying up to the court, kind of indirectly. Is a lot of these same people like Harlan Crow had been big, big funders of the Supreme Court Historical Society, mm-hmm. which is right nearby the court. 
And it's kind of this one of the Supreme Court's like pet charities that they that they that they are the fundraisers for all the time. A lot of big right wing donors give to that organization so that they then get FaceTime with the justices at in-person events in Washington. And it's basically legalized lobbying to lobby the justices. It's really, really problematic. It shouldn't happen. And it's something that they need to shut that down. Uh, but I really, really wish that Dick Durbin, who's the chair of, of oversight Senate, would really, uh, or judiciary rather, would really start to take this a little bit more seriously. They've been moving, but they've been moving about uh, about uh, about about 20% as quickly as I'd like to see them move. They need to be, this should be a national scandal. Agreed. It is treated with a sense of urgency and there's flow walking. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that does speak a little bit to Dick Durbin in general. I think Dick Durbin is one of the more like old school sort of like old guard. I I, I hesitate to use the rocks the boat swamp. He's like he's a don't rock the boat kind. That and that's really the kicker. Yeah, it's yeah, that's the swampy. That that's the the credo of the swamp. Yeah, is don't rock the boat. Right. That's how you get a man. And and I think he's not. And I think he's a non-boat, he's a non-boat rocker kind of guy. And I don't yeah. think that that's what we need. He's an institutional kind of yes. guy. But I think that the problem that they're that they're mistaking here is that if they truly care about the Senate as an institution and care about Washington as a, a, and D.C. as an institution, they should be caring about the every day that the Senate doesn't do anything to rein that in. They're they're basically say they're ba- it's basically like a big neon sign that says we're weak we're yeah, weak they're castrating weak. themselves yeah exactly they're yeah. basically saying like well we, we you know they're 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 basically locking in the fact that they can't do anything about it as opposed to stepping up and saying no yeah. we're a co-equal branch of right. government right right these justices are put in there because of us and the president mm-hmm. but it can't be that once they're put in there's nothing there to check them there has to be a check on them. The obvious place to look for it is Congress. Mm-hmm. In my view, what I think they should be doing is saying the Supreme Court does not get a nickel of that's additional it. funding. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's what the, the that's founders it. done set up. Con- the founders set up Congress to be the power of the yep. purse. The Senate should yep. be stepping in there and saying, "That's it. We're taking like you know, turn, turn the lights off. Pay your ele- You need to turn your electric bill. You need to yep. pay your clerks. Whatever. That's yep. it. You're done." You need to come in here, and we need to have a binding ethics bingo set of, set of code. We need to have a code. We're gonna have hearings, yeah, and 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 that and that I actually think they need to take it seriously about whether or not there need to be some potential impeachments. Agreed. And 100%. I don't think they're gonna do it. No, I don't think they're gonna not do it. This but that's what they Congress. should do. Yes, that's and not, I, and not I, this Congress, not this leadership. No, no, because they're still old guard. But I think. What they need to get the message on, and, and I had the conversation with Eric Siegel the other day who said the exact same thing you said. They have the power of yeah. the purse. They've used it in the past. They literally turned like the candles off or something in the past, he said, where they let, let, let the whole place with ah. the, the lights were all there. Was that, they, cut, they were just shut down. That's he, great. Somebody, I forget who it was that did that. He said they were so mad that they just shut it all down. And I, I will be tasked to remember, but I cannot remember. They're, okay, they're we're not figure it out. They're not meeting the moment. They're not meeting the urgency of the moment. We are living in extraordinary times. If you have a Supreme Court justice who is just flaunting, flaunting his corruption, well, two, two, and then and then not recusing himself in cases that are clearly, clearly grounds for recusal. You you have to take extraordinary measures, because if you don't, then it gets way, way too far to rein it in. And then they're making decisions on gerrymandered maps. 
They're making decisions that literally impact our democracy di- directly. And the Senate is like, well, I don't know. I mean, we had lunch at that one steakhouse. He's a nice guy. You know? And it's like, wow. no more. And if they're not willing to do it, then they need to go. And that goes for both sides yeah, of the aisle. And it, 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 it's very much true. Yeah, yeah. They, they need they, 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 they need to come up with a much more robust response to this. It's just, it's really, it's really appalling. And, and they're about to weigh in on issues related to the person who thinks, or doesn't think, it's interesting they think, who's claiming that he's immune from prosecution because he wasn't, impeached and convicted which by the way fun fact mitch mcconnell when he didn't vote to convict which would i believe have swung in our direction i had done it enough people 10 at least 15 people would have come along with him so one that we don't see on tv yes Yes. he said when he did that as you probably remember that this wasn't an issue this was an issue for the court there's a civil process there's a criminal prosecution yeah, that's what he did. And you're right. that's, well, that's 100% right. And so now he's going to turn around and say, well, that doesn't apply either. And then also he's not going to recuse himself in the uh, 14th Amendment case, which I think is also going to end up getting heard and decided by the court, it looks like. Yeah. You know, and 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 we're, we're going to be determining whether that was an insurrection when arguably Ginny Thomas possibly maybe participated in that insurrection. That is a problem. Yeah. That is a big, 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 big problem. So, and then there's the leaking. We can talk about that. That's a whole other thing. Well, so yeah. with Alito, like that's a whole other thing. So, well, I, yeah, the, the, yeah. Yeah. I think they, I think Alito leaked that because he knew that that was going to destroy, well, it didn't completely yet, the Republican Party. I think that's, I mean, I honestly believe that's why he leaked it. I believe he, because. Well, yeah. That's my opinion. I, I know that they are pol- they're calculating in a political compa- capacity when it comes to that issue, which is why some people yeah. say they're actually going to vote favorably this summer on the two issues that are coming before them on repro. I don't know if that's true or not. But why do you think he leaked it then? I'm curious. I think that he leaked it to lock in where the majority was, because okay. I think that they had gotten it basically was like they were pulling and pulling and pulling on Kavanaugh. To actually sign on to the the because the fifth he, he was the fifth vote for actually overturning Roe right, mm-hmm. um, whereas Roberts had the kind of like middle ground position of I think that this Mississippi statute is constitutional, but I'm not going to overturn Roe. Yeah, that was his that was his middle ground position prior to the Trump Trumpization of the court. The Republicans on the on the the Republican appointed justices on the on the on SCOTUS would have taken there would have been kind of a coalescing of like a middle ground on this. That's effectively the kind of like there is the compromise position was 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 held in a lot of cases back in the 90s by by Sandra Day O'Connor mm-hmm. and Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which I think was 90 or 91. Uh, O'Connor drafted. It wasn't really the majority opinion. I think it was technically a concurrence, but it was in the middle, uh, and and that was the and and effectively she was then like parsing it there to say like Roe lives even if parts of this restricted Pennsylvania statute are okay and some parts aren't. Mm-hmm. She was kind of she was in the middle ground. That Roberts decision would have carried the day had Kavanaugh signed on to Roberts's opinion. Mm-hmm. Kavanaugh instead signed on to Alito's opinion. Mm-hmm. Alito leaped the opinion. 
because then it basically rallied the notion that like, oh, look how how excited conservatives are about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it locked in that if Kavanaugh had then left that group of five, Mm -hmm. then it would have looked like he had caved to like liberal pressure or establishment pressure. I think they did it to hold him in their camp. It's like, Mm. okay, Brett's with us. He's in. We're leaking the thing. He can't leave now because otherwise he'll look like he flipped. Right. That makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. That's always always been my theory because I think there was a tug of war there. Alito was pulling, Alito and Thomas were pulling one way and, and Roberts was pulling the other way. I actually thought, and I was wrong. I thought that I thought Kavanaugh would, would go with Roberts and that Roe would live. I actually did. I was surprised by what happened. I actually did not think they were going to get rid of Roe. Uh, and it's they, but the but the key was that they got Kavanaugh to go with them. Yeah, I, I was naive, completely naive. I used to tell my friends, "Don't worry, it's 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 established law." Like, and then I, I was like, "Well, these they know they said they're hearings," and I was very naive. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. But um, yep. I will yep. say this, too. And they had to know. They had to know. Even though conservatives were celebrating and the people were crying in the street and Marjorie Taylor Greene literally, like, probably sacrificed a squirrel or something in honor of what happened. I'm just guessing. It has been nothing but... Or, 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 or chased it up a tree. Right. <laughs> exactly. To eat it for dinner. But it had been nothing but a weight on the entire party since. I mean, it has backfired magnificently for them electorally, and it will only continue to yeah. do that. They have, I mean, they 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 had to know, they had to know that being able to fundraise off of the prospect of being to, able to do yes. this, right? Was 100%. Gonna, but then when they finally did it, that that would flip. The dog caught the car. Right, right. And what are you going what? to do now? Right. Well, well, no, here's the problem. Problem. But, what is that? What are they doing now? Now they're saying, "Oh yeah, that's right. It isn't a states' rights issue. It's a federal issue, and we're gonna." So I, they're 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 working for a national ban now. So whole thing this whole time from from seventy three to twenty twenty three was uh was oh it's a states' rights issue or I guess twenty two I guess it was it was seventy three to twenty two uh, oh it's a states' rights issue oh it's a states' rights issue. They finally get Roe to go away. And now it's like, it's a federal issue. Yeah. We're going to ban it everywhere. And so, and I still actually think that there's a lot of folks that are in the center and the left yeah. that still don't actually understand what this means. And I think they're about to figure it out within the next like nine months. Agreed. Is, hi, hello, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them. I'll talk to them. It's like, <laughs> hi, you live in California? Yeah. You, right. live, you, li- you, li- you live in New York City? You live in like Boston or like mm-hmm. Vermont? You know, you live in Seattle. 
you think it's all nice and warm and cozy and you're mm-hmm. in your in your super duper blue enclave like mm-hmm. your your health district is like 80 percent 90 percent blue mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be illegal there too yeah, yeah. they're going to pass it if, mm-hmm. if we lose this year it's over no mm-hmm. you're gonna like that it's not like oh you live in Texas. You've got to go to. By the way, it's a like long way. It's like you got to go to New Mexico, yeah, or whatever, which is like a long way. Texas is big, yeah. Like for mo- for big chunks of the South, it's like a very, 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 very long trip to get. You have to go to Virginia, basically. To clinic. Yeah, clinic or to Colorado. They've got to yeah. fly. Like you yeah. can't just drive. No. Nope. Um. Like no, 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 no. You live in New York. You're going to Canada. Yeah. You live in California. You're going to Mexico. Like this is like. It's going to be all 50 states, and that's what's going to happen. And then guess what? They're not going to be. Here's the problem. You know what? The the thing is, like, if you keep giving in to crazy, crazy just wants more. Mm-hmm. And the and, and so the crazies are going to come for, you know what they're going to come for? They get that. They're going to get that. You know what they're going to come for next? Contraception. Contraception. Yeah. No more pill. Yeah. No more condoms. No more condoms. Hello. I, I've got another one. Hello, men. <laughs> Hi. You can start. I'm Tristan. Yeah, it's like no. You, well, maybe they will be, but it's like oh, oh, condoms. No, 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 no. no. That's no. not happening. Mm-mm. Like, let's but, fast forward to what this looks like in 2026, 2027. Like, yeah. But don't you know? But, it's don't worry, be over. But don't worry too much, men, because <laughs> you're not really on the hook until that baby is born. Because there are no, there are no laws regarding you know the the the, tw- the six week, five week fetus. Not yet. Where the 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 man who put the fetus in the woman is responsible for the life that the state is saying trumps the life of the woman who is or the birthing person who is carrying that fetus. So men are you're good and as but also don't worry because if you abused your girlfriends or wives in the past and you had a gun and and you couldn't have the gun anymore, the Supreme Court has is probably going to decide that that's not fair to you, and so they're going to let you right. have that gun back. So they're going to let you have it. get knocked up, and she won't like you can't you can't afford it or whatever, whatever. Yeah, just just use that gun, just get from the problem, and then run for president so that you can get absolute yeah. total complete immunity from everything all the time. Yeah, it's scary. Oh my god, it's scary. And the oh. and the fact is just just to, again the end of this tangent. But right now. Even though we don't have a federal ban in this country, because it is banned in so many states, if you live in Michigan, let's just say right now, to get an abortion for whatever reason, medically necessary, it doesn't matter, whatever reason, mm-hmm. you have to basically get on a month long. That's if you're miscarrying. I know someone whose cousin was miscarrying. She called yeah. to try and get a, a DNC, a DNC, not DNC, DNC. They gave yep. her a month. She had a month. They said, well, you're going to have to try and miscarry at home. And if you have any complications, you have to go to the ER. We don't have any appointments for you. Because everybody from every other state surrounding is going to Michigan. piling in. Because they have no one. And there already was a crisis in this area medically because of all of the death threats and attacks and assaults and everything else. Like it's, It's long been a very fraught area to go into. So for a lot of doctors, especially if they're not in a big urban center, uh, the idea that you're going to see a lot of folks offering that, offering that procedure, it already was a problem. Oh, and and there are and now it's states, even worse. Right, there are red states with medical schools that don't even teach. The, right. You can't. Um, the, where the what do they call that? The residencies. The residents can't w- learn how to do these surgeries because they're not being performed because they're banned. And so, and then you're going to have even fewer people who can. It's. Terrible. It's terrible. It is the reason it is one of the top 
three, I believe, motivating issues for voters along with protecting our democracy. So. Yeah. And it I turns out, as you so. said, there's a lot more Americans, I think, who are, as we saw in Ohio on issue one, who are actually, you know, pro choice, pro choice in the meaning I can choose. And also, I want my right to choose. Like what what right. issue one in Ohio is going to do is take the right to just just make your own choices away from you. Even if the choice is never, ever, right. ever to have an abortion. Correct. Ever. Yeah. And the choice is to carry always and to put up for adoption. Even if that's the choice, they want to have the freedom to do so. That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like that's a promising sign for democracy. Overall. I think it's a very promising sign. Yeah. I think the kicker is that you just have to actually get to a point where it's, it's not a poll. And it's not the off season of politics or whatever. And, you know, everybody listening to this and watching this, of course, is, you know, we're, we're the folks that are dialed in all the time. Yeah. And, you know, we're on this all the time and we're yeah. thinking about these things and fighting about these things all the time. Uh, but for, for folks who are not total political junkies, uh, you know, it's, you know, we'll be able to get everybody's attention starting in September, October. And I think when it's really put to people, when the rubber hits the road and it's time to go to the vote and it's time to go to the voting booth, like we see the results. Yeah. Not polls, not which are whatever they are, right. are often kind of skewed purposely in, in a certain direction. Yeah. You know, the, a lot of this is that the right wingers have figured out that if they could put out a skewed poll, mm-hmm. publicize the bejesus out of it in the media, mm-hmm. it actually helps them do fundraising. Yeah. And that's the, and the media is a pawn in this mm-hmm. and they're not realizing. Uh, actually, the media likes it, too, sometimes because they want to show it to be more of a horse race. I think they want to see that, like, oh, there's some polls that are red and some polls that are blue. You need yeah. to tune in to find out who's winning. Like, that's what they want. Right. And then, it, yeah, but also the Republicans then are able to raise more money off of these things. But if you actually look at how voters have done mm-hmm. uh, when they've decided things in the past couple of years, it's yeah. like a little bit tough to find too many causes for optimism on the Republican side. So especially especially on that issue. But in general, I mean, it's it's one thing what they do. Is they, it helps you go to sleep at night. Yeah, so, right. Because you know. they box themselves into to the the extremely insane positions that are required to just win a primary. You have right. to be so That's right. an ultra MAGA. You have to be like like Marjorie Taylor Greene. You have to be like that. Granted, she's an incredibly safe district, which doesn't have to worry, but whatever. Yes. But you have to be like rabidly MAGA for the primary. And then that, yes. that rabidly MAGA doesn't translate beyond there. Like it doesn't translate on a national scale because Americans like ultimately we don't really want the fucking crazy. Like we just want somebody who's like, oh, I want to talk to you about things that actually matter to you. Like I want to talk to you about democracy. I want to talk to you about like making sure you can vote. I I don't want to talk to you about about jobs and health care. Right. Right. You know, like, yeah, I'm not going to social security. Like this, these are kitchen table issues. We say this all the time, kitchen table issues. And repro is not necessarily kitchen table. It is though, because it's like Deciding when someone forcing them to have a family issue for people, though it really right. is because that's exactly right. right. It is a huge economic issue. Anybody who doesn't think that's right, anybody yeah. who doesn't think that having a kid or not having a kid is an economic issue doesn't have kids, right? Or is a man who doesn't think about these things. Like yeah. it, it, well, uh, it's very, very much an economic issue. A hundred percent. And then, and the yeah. fact that people again, it's a universally held, I believe, truth that that no one else should get to make that decision for you, no matter what you vote. Because in Ohio, I think seventeen different dis- districts that went Trump. Maybe that's wrong. It's somewhere in that number. W- voted that map was fascinating. Yeah. Because if you did it out by color coding, and it was like there were a lot of. Uh, there were a lot of counties that voted uh, f- that that voted to pr- that protect 
reproductive rights that were away yep. from if you look if you know the map of Ohio and you know that like most of the population is in about four big urban centers. Yeah. And and a bunch of the rest of the state is very rural. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of counties in some of these very rural places that you know were Trump. Yeah. That 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 went the other way on that issue. And it's like, yeah, that the I, I I don't think that the alarm bells are sounding off loudly enough on the GOP side on this, but they should be because it's they like don't to, they, don't, they don't I don't even think they the reason they don't know how to message it is because there's no winning message when you're putting any restrictions, really. Youngkin thought he had the magic bullet with whatever his was was 15, I think. And he, that lost in November. There's no nope. messaging. You can't Nikki Haley can't message it. No one can message this issue because at the end of the day, when you're talking about making these decisions for families, making these decisions for human beings, they don't want you to. Seven out of seven times it's appeared on a ballot measure. It's it's passed. The, they've been yeah. able to right, because this is the will. This is actually the will of the people. And people can say whatever they want about this being a democratic with being democracy or whatever they, the republic or whatever they say that's what it's stupid. But I, I get it. it whatever. But it's still a dumb talking point. But at the end of the day, we the people have still do have the power to make our voices heard as we've seen in these states, state after state after state. And Republicans are handcuffed to this. They don't know how to message it. Trump doesn't know how to message it. He's he's all over the map with I'm responsible for Roe. I'm not actually that extreme on Roe. Like you he's he's all over the map. He's all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Because he doesn't know how to message it either. And he's there's like no truth to that person. But so when the, but when the chips are down yeah, he put the people on the court that he put in there. Right. So right. you know that's the thing. You gotta you gotta actually see how they acted, not how they're talking. And and the, you know very much the proof is there by the Supreme Court majority that we currently have. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, and he does own that for forever. Yeah, forever. And, and and again, it works for his base. It works for the, the national goals, but it does not work on a national scale. I mean, he's already lost. Right. Um, but real back, real fast back to Trump, because I know we're way over. I was way over. Real, real fast. Um, <laughs> So, so, so let's just let's just talk about um, one thing that was really important to me because there's this idea that's being pushed out there all the time. He does it all the time. He even did it in his um, business fraud case yesterday, where that's yep. a conversation where he says that all of these, every single one, every trial is politically motivated and election interference. And I just right, all you have to do is look at the facts of when these investigations were launched and 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 when he announced his candidacy to just dispel that. But there's still this pre- prevailing yes. narrative that these are all Democrat yes. initiated um, indictments and charges and cases because they're inter- they don't want to be president. Like, just let's just can you just dispel that for me? Like, just as concisely as possible. <laughs> so. So, yes, I think I can. Um I actually talk about this in the epilogue of my book, mm. and uh, because I because it, it, as it's uh, as, you know it was the part that I wrote last. It was I tried to put off writing it for as long as I could until right up to the point that they're like the book's got to go to the printers. You gotta finish <laughs> writing this. I'm like okay, okay, okay. Mm. Um, so early November, I wrote the epilogue to the book, and at that point, 
a lot of what we were hearing in the fall was a, was was Trump whining and moaning and complaining about how all these things were politically motivated and it was all timed for the fact that he was running for president and so forth and so on. Here's the thing. A big case like this, by and large, usually takes around two, two and a half years to actually bring from beginning to actually seeing either a civil prosecution get filed or a criminal prosecution result in an indictment. Uh, And you can map that out based on a number of these matters. Uh, If you work backwards and you see, okay, all of these indictments hit like last summer, okay, uh, if you rewind two and a half years, like what was going on? Like what was the, w- what was happening there? It's like, oh, look, he committed all of these crimes allegedly, you know, in late 2020, early 2021. What's two and a half years after that <laughs> summer of 2023. So as I wrote in the book, if Trump didn't want to get you know, if, if he didn't want to get investigated in, in 2022 or indicted in 2023 or tried in 2024, he shouldn't have committed a crime spree in 2020 and 2021. That's why the chickens are coming home to roost, you know, because because those chickens, the eggs were laid or whatever the heck. I'm going to lose the metaphor here. But like those those, those eggs were coming out back in back in the January 6th time frame. And remember, that also was what happened right after J6. He left office. What was he doing as he left office? He took the flipping documents with him. That's what he did. So he went, he was on nothing but crime in all yeah. November, December, January. Crime, 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 crime. Like all of those crimes were getting committed. And allegedly, oh, he was immune. Yeah. Allegedly. But, but the thing is, like, that's why. It's not because he's running for president. Again, it's because he went on a flipping, flipping crime spree back now three years ago yeah. that's why he's getting tried this year so you know think about it the next time you go on a crime spree criminals yeah you know think about the timetable of when that's going to mean you're actually going to act when you're when you're going to get caught and when you're going to get tried mm-hmm. you got to think these things through i'm just picking your Trump. calendar <laughs> pull out your calendar yeah we have google calendars for a reason i'm picturing yes, that exactly it goes on multiple years <laughs> yeah it's but funny. you should it's like, well, I'm going to commit a bunch of crimes. It's like, let me look forward at what I'm yeah. going to be doing two and a half to three years from now. Amazingly, though, because they get through. Right. But, but they won't have total immunity like he does because yeah. uh, the J6ers that are totally hostages, they're in jail and he's not. Um, okay. So we, I, we have to wrap, but I wanted, I do have the three yes. random questions. But before that, before that, because you mentioned the book. The book is coming out very soon. Um, it's taking down Trump. Twelve rules for prosecuting Donald Trump from because you and I missed the last part because you've done it successfully, right? That's the end of the yes. title. Yeah. Tell me about uh, the book. Yes. So, yeah. So the book comes out January thirtieth. Uh, mm. It is a. I know. It is a. It's already available on pre order. Uh, and then, and what I'm hearing is that apparently demand is already very good. And so, you know, we probably will be doing a second printing. So anybody who definitely wants to get their copy right as it's being released, probably a good idea to get it just in case we actually do run out. I don't know that we will, but you know, you never know. Yeah. Uh, awesome. we'll run out for good, but it, uh, we'll yeah. see, uh, it, you know, good problems to have. Right. Uh, it's a playbook with 12 rules for how to beat Trump in court, in prosecution or litigation, 
It's drawn in part from my experience leading the Trump University prosecution at the New York AG's office, but also then my analysis as a legal commentator the last couple of years and a lot of research that I did into the last 50 years of Trump trying to be above the law and evading justice and accountability. Uh, and all of the prosecutors who didn't even bother trying to, to, to prosecute and let alone the ones who, uh, you know, you know, might have not succeeded. Uh, we, you know, so I go through a lot of that and I go through what does it take, what does it look like he stonewalls you? So how do you, how do you actually get documents? Uh, he's going to counterattack you. How do you respond? Uh, you know, what can you do to actually use, uh, like his former vendors? He often doesn't pay them. So those people can be used as allies and they can help you break open the case. Uh, and then what do you do when you're ready to take the case public and what do you have to do then? So I walk through the whole life cycle of a case. And what I really set out to do here is to say, look, I know a lot of people out there, uh, our audience, this audience, you know, this wonderful pro-democracy audience, I know we're divided into two camps. There's the there's team optimism and there's mm -hmm. team pessimism. Mm -hmm. And we're all on the same page about what we want. We want justice. Yeah. But I also and we want the rule of law. We want democracy. Yeah. But I also know that there's the team that thinks that that, that, that this is actually gonna happen and that Donald Trump's gonna be taken down. And then there's definitely a group that's like, nothing's happening fast enough. It's never gonna happen. He's gonna mm -hmm. get away with everything. And why can't everybody see that? And Merrick Garland should resign. Yeah. And there, and there's two camps there. I meant this to be for everybody. Mm. I think that the optimists will be able to take the optimism out of this. But I also wrote this for all of all of you, and I'm sometimes <laughs> one of them that can get very pessimistic about this. Mm. To say, like, look, it can be done because I did it. Yeah, I can, and it's not easy, and it's not sexy, and it's not quick. But it, it, you basically, it's really a, it's a, it's a slog, and you're just pushing this boulder mm. the whole time. But if you keep pushing it. It will start to build a momentum of its own and it will, if you do it right, crush everything in its path. That's and good. that's the way that you need to bring one of these cases. And it's, a, it's a lot of work and it's, it, and sometimes it looks like it's going too slowly, but I, I'm, I wanted to give people some cause for optimism, but grounded in reality, no. not just like, oh, it'll all work out. And yeah, no, no, no. no. It sucks and it's a lot of work and it's painful to watch from the outside. Mm -hmm. But like, I do believe that a lot of these cases are proceeding in the right way. Mm -hmm. And I think that the playbook that we developed at the AG's office with the Trump University case, the Trump Foundation case, now we see it with the New York AG bringing this mm -hmm. fraud case. Mm -hmm. They're running the same playbook. Mm -hmm. I can see it. And I think that it, and I think Jack Smith got the playbook. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm definitely sending him a copy of my book. I don't know if he'll actually get it, but I'm <laughs> going to send him one. But like, I don't, and I don't, I don't think he needs it. I don't yeah. think Bonnie Willis needs it. I don't. I know Tish James doesn't need it, but right. I'm going to give her one anyway. Right. But like, we're going to make sure that this playbook carries the day because we we need America to survive. Yeah. Well, do we ever? It's interesting because this log you just referenced it. It just reminds you of this the Bannon idea of flooding the zone with shit. I think that the idea, the expectation, the calculation is that people won't want to make this log, so they're gonna they're gonna abandon these cases, give up. The American, the population won't be there, and that people will get too tired, and so they won't they won't keep going. And you did keep going. Right. You have twelve steps for keeping going because that's what we have to do because justice requires it, and this country requires it, and our kids fucking require it. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, you. Got, one minute. All right. I'm going to ask you one of my random questions because I have three. Um, okay. Uh, okay. We talked about food, I think, the last time we talked. What is your guilty pleasure? What is a guilty pleasure of yours? 
something that you're ashamed to admit that you enjoy. It could be food or I am I am actually I, I got a good one. I'm actually a Bravo super fan. Ooh, Bravo out there. Are you listening? Get I started on. I started watching because of it wasn't really losing a bet, but it was kind of losing a bet. I basically made a deal with my wife. Uh-huh. It was for this 12, 13 years ago. I actually some of the shows I'm not as fond of, but like a lot of them I actually really do truly do like. Um, so okay. yes, that is probably some of some of the housewives ones i'm actually probably most fond of like vanderpump oh. and uh and southern charm oh, and sure. summer house so the 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 new the the shows with the sort of younger generation okay let's, yeah, let's i actually really new york city moms or wives or whatever yeah it will it's it will instead it's sort of like uh you know it's a lot of uh folks getting hammered at various <laughs> like you know, like summery looking locales, hooking up um, and and hooking up with each other. It's, yeah, it's it's high it's high entertainment, and I enjoy it immensely. Well, there you go. I mean, I look. So I, I there's a there's a Squid Game reality show that I'm obsessed with, and it's it's pure like entertainment TV, and I'm not at all, and I don't feel guilty about it. But that's yeah. a good one. Um, it's like it's yeah. like the real world, but for for grownups in in 2024, which I want. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So we talked about the book, which will be available. It's available for pre-order now. It'll be available for sale. Yes. January 30th. It's, it's, so it's already, yeah, it's already available. You can pre-order it now. It'll deliver to you at the uh, at that point or it'll hit your Kindle on Jan 30. You can go to takingdowntrump.com uh, to go pick which bookstore you want to buy it from. Yay. I suppose we conclude this episode of the Are You Effing Kidding Me podcast. Thank you again to my guest, Tristan Snell, a wealth of knowledge. It went to directions I wasn't expecting because that's just where the conversation went, but also incredibly, incredibly important conversation and so grateful for you, so excited for your book. Um, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thanks, Jojo. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Are You Effing Kidding Me? is a production of the Political Voices Network. Please visit us at politicalvoicesnetwork.com. Mm-hmm.